0: Isaiah, go to chapter 48, please. Welcome to We're going to begin at verse 1. We're going to read down through verse 11. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Holler, amen, when you get there. We're there? Good. Isaiah 48. We're going to begin at verse 1. Give a second longer. I hear iPads moving. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name of Israel and have come forth from the wellspring of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel, but not... In truth or in righteousness. For they call themselves after the holy city. And lean on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth. And I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them. And they came to pass. Because I knew that you were obstinate. And your neck was an iron sinew and your brow bronze. Even from the beginning, I've declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you, lest you should say, my idol has done them and my carved images and my molded image have commanded them. You have heard, see all this, and will you not declare it? I have made you hear new things from this time, even hidden things, and you did not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning, and before this day you have not heard them, lest you should say, of course, I knew them. Surely you did not hear. Surely you did not know. Surely from long ago your ear was not opened. For I knew that you would deal very treacherously and were called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake, I will defer my anger. And for my praise, I will restrain it from you so that I do not cut you off. Behold, I've refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned? And I will not give my glory to another. I'm especially focusing this morning on what we read in the beginning. Who swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel but not in truth or in righteousness. So a couple of questions for you this morning, if I may. Which would you choose? If you're going to have dinner, would you choose Mickey D's? And a McNugget? Or would you choose a full course turkey dinner? Which would you choose? This is not rhetorical. Would <laughs> everyone saying here, say I. Okay. Everyone saying turkey dinner, say aye. Aye. Okay. Now, second part to this question. Answering for your children, would they... Oh, go back, please. Go back. There we go. Would they choose Mickey D's? Or would they choose turkey? Mickey yes. D. Okay, everybody say Mickey D, say aye. aye. Everyone whose children would choose turkey, say aye. Aye. Uh huh. Isn't that hilarious? Now, second question. Second question. Okay, go ahead and go. If you were choosing your house to live in, would you choose a well used shack in the woods? Or would you choose an American bungalow? Okay. Okay. Everyone that would choose the shack in the woods say aye. Aye. Surprising. Everyone that would choose the American bungalow say aye. Aye. Okay. All right. Now. Answering for your hubby. How many hubbies would choose the shack in the woods? How many hubbies would choose the bungalow? <laughs> Funny, isn't it? Huh? We make choices. We make choices. We l- win or lose by the way we choose. We win or lose by the way we choose. When you choose wisely and you build healthy relationships it doesn't matter how many dollar signs are in the bank account you got a good life come on right win or lose by the way you choose but watch this the nation of israel made a choice they chose ashtaroth or astarte as we have here And they chose Baal over the almighty creator God. Can you imagine? Go ahead and go to that next slide. These are actual pictures from Hubble. Almighty God created this. And is it amazing? Out there in space, he has the cross. Just like in every human DNA, there's the cross. What an amazing coincidence that you can go from slime goo and have a bolt of lightning hit that slime goo and life is born. And then, mm -hmm. see, they, 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 they rejected almighty God and go back for me. And they chose this. Really? Really? And there were consequences. There were consequences from that choice. Look at these consequences from that choice. Go ahead and go to it for me. The temple of God was defiled. The word of God was lost. Remember when Josiah became king? They suddenly, they were, they were refurbishing the temple and they found the word of God. The word of God had been lost for decades and decades. The priesthood was apostate and immoral. The culture was immoral and truth was distorted. Human sexuality was distorted. Same-sex relationships didn't begin in the 20th or 21st century. It goes all the way back to the time of the worship of Astarte and, and Baal and actually even before that they sacrificed their children on the altars of their gods the Hinnom Valley had a massive altar to Moloch and on the fires of that altar they would bring their, their children and sacrifice their children violence increased and enemy nations were able to conquer them the consequences of the choice of worshiping idols rather than worshiping almighty creator God. Now, there's, there's serious consequences when you make the choice to leave God out. Well, What about in the American culture? Well the Renaissance through through Roman Catholicism. The the Renaissance threw out Roman Catholicism. When the Renaissance began in the fifteenth, sixteenth century AD, they threw out Roman Catholicism and they embraced humanism. The Renaissance was based upon humanism. And in the, in the writings of the Renaissance philosophers like Machiavelli and Erasmus and Thomas More, upon those writings came the later Renaissance writings of Voltaire and Rousseau, upon which was built the French Revolution which ended in the guillotine. But something else was also going on at that same time in the 15th and 16th century. You had men like Savonarola in Florence, Italy, who was actually martyred for preaching the true gospel. He was the lone voice in that city of the Renaissance. Remember, Florence, Italy was where the Renaissance was birthed. And he was the lone voice for almighty God in that city of renaissance. And he gave his life for that voice. But he, though they silenced him, they could not silence others coming up behind him. Like Jan Hus in Prague, of what we would know today as the Czech Republic. Or John Wycliffe in England. Or Martin Luther in Germany. And upon these men was birthed the the Reformation. And out of the Reformation came the pilgrims and the Puritans. First the Puritans in Great Britain who were wanting to bring the true gospel back to the Church of England and to Roman Catholicism. But because they were being martyred, many people are not aware that Queen Elizabeth and and her son, King James, yes, the King James that that, uh, authorized the translation of what we know as the King James Bible, they martyred thousands of those Puritans, and some... Fled Great Britain, went first to Holland, then came to the shores of America. What they were coming to the shores of America because they believed God was calling them to found a new Israel. And where the Renaissance gave birth to the French Revolution, the guillotine, the Reformation, not founded in humanism, but founded upon the solid, true Word of God, believing in what? One. That the scriptures were holy and infallible. Two, that it was salvation through grace by faith alone. Amen? Amen? That gave birth to the American Revolution. Which America is only the second nation in all of human history. Founded specifically in covenant with Almighty God. The first was Israel. America. But the Enlightenment began coming into Europe, and in that Enlightenment was the throwing off of the infallibility of God's Word. They refused to retain God in their knowledge. And through the Enlightenment came the writings of men like Nietzsche. Now the Enlightenment also began coming across the ocean to America through people like Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Paine. But America stayed solid to the word of God for about a century But in Europe, the Enlightenment began to take over the universities, the philosophy, and even began to come into the church, even though there were voices like Dietrich Bonhoeffer speaking against it. And what was the result of the Enlightenment and the writings of men like Nietzsche and others? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you read it with me. This statement by Adolf Hitler is on the walls outside the ovens of Auschwitz. Read it with me, would you please? I want to raise a generation of young people. I'm gonna stop, I I couldn't hear you. A little bit louder for me, okay? Here we go. I want to raise a generation of young people devoid of a conscience, imperious, relentless, and cruel. So what's the result when you raise up a generation of people void of a conscience who are imperious, relentless, and cruel. What's the, what's the result of that? Well, Viktor Frankl wrote about it in one of his books. Viktor Frankl was a neurologist and psychiatrist in Austria. He was also... A survivor of Auschwitz. Let's read what he wrote in one of his books. Everyone together. I am absolutely convinced that the gas chambers of Auschwitz, Treblinka and Majdanek were ultimately prepared not in some ministry or other in Berlin, but rather at the desks and lecture halls of nihilistic scientists and philosophers. Please allow me to read the entire quote. This is a portion of what he wrote in his book, Doctors and Philosophers. Allow me to read it to you in its entirety. If we present a man with a concept of man, which is not true, we may well corrupt him. When we present man as an automaton of reflexes, as a mind machine, as a bundle of instincts, as a pawn of drives and reactions, as a mere product of instinct, heredity and environment, we feed the nihilism to which modern man is, in any case, prone I became acquainted with the last stage of that corruption in my second concentration camp, Auschwitz. The gas chambers of Auschwitz were the ultimate consequences of the theory that man is nothing but the product of heredity and environment, or as the Nazi liked to say, blood and soil. And then he finished that statement with the statement you have on the screen that we read together. Nihilism. The belief that religious and moral principles are relative and that mankind has no real Purpose or meaning. Human life has no real purpose or meaning. In Nazi Germany, that nihilistic philosophy was manifest in pouring into the hearts and minds of the German people that their human existence was for the propagation of the Third Reich. That was the only reason for existence. There was no other reason. And human relationships were only viable and had worth and value if they propagated the Third Reich. And the results, Auschwitz, Treblinka, and the gas chamber. So, where has America gone over the last 80 years? If nihilism is the rejection of religious and moral principles and the belief that human life has no real purpose or destiny and no real meaning, where has America gone? Well, look with me at a list of things that have happened over just the last few decades. Look with me at this list. Would you go there for me, please? June 25th, 1962, prayer was removed from public schools. In 1963, the same Supreme Court took it another step further and removed Bible reading from public schools. January 22nd, 1973, abortion was legalized in America because after all, it was just fetal tissue in the womb (sighs) with no real meaning or purpose, just fetal tissue in the womb. November 8th, 1994, Oregon legalized assisted suicide. Seven states would follow later from 1994 to 2015. But that was founded upon what? What? Human life has no real meaning except the meaning that that personal individual may give to it. And if they see no real meaning for their life, they have the right for it to be ended and doctors can legally participate. June 26, 2015, same-sex marriages were legalized by the Supreme Court. Where are we going? What's going on? But let me give you a little history of what's going on. I'm going to come back to that last one in a second. But let me give you a little history of what's gone on over the last 80 years. Actually, now closer to 100 years. By the 1930s and 1940s, the Pentecostal revival, that broke out at the turn of the 20th century in the hills of Tennessee in 1896 and then in 1906 at Azusa Street in California that same year actually over the between 1906 and 1910 it also broke out in Joplin, Missouri and other places across the nation including believe it or not this is going to shock you Portland, Oregon and Olympia, Washington surprising, huh? but by the 1940s, that was that was beginning to fade. Of course, we went into World War II, didn't we? By the 1960s, another revival broke out, the Jesus People Movement and then the Charismatic Renewal. But by the mid to late 1980s, that movement had also cooled. And since that time, while there had been Some outbreaks that that were kind of like the Toronto airport and the Brownsville, Florida revival. And and there's been in the 1992 revival that broke out in Portland in the Billy Graham crusade. Many people are not aware the 1992 Billy Graham crusade in Portland broke almost all of the Billy Graham organization records. The last night, I was privileged to be there, be a part of it right from the very beginning. In fact, I heard he was coming. I started looking for his office. I couldn't find his office. We searched. I had my administrator searching. We dug and dug and dug. For three weeks, we called around, checked around, finally got a number, reached the guy, and he was the Billy Graham representative there in Portland. He said, how did you find me? We haven't gone public yet. I said, I heard you were coming, and I've been looking for you because we want to plug in right from the very beginning, And, and we were. We had, we had over 60 people receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in, that, in those meetings with Billy Graham. Just our local church. It was amazing. And uh, In fact, Billy Graham organization came out and did a film, and I was on TV, and it was just kind of cool. But, but it was that revival. The last night of that meeting, we filled, we filled the stadium there. We filled the football stadium for the high school across the street, which those two together, that was over 60,000 people. And law enforcement that night said every freeway, every side street was was literally deadlocked. No one could move. And that they figure there was probably another 30,000 people trying to get into the stadium. Isn't that crazy? I mean, God was moving. By actual record, a year later, church attendance in Portland had doubled. From the year before. There was a tremendous move of God. 1992. There were those outbreaks. But the difference was. They never really impacted the nation. And changed the culture. And because of that. America has continued. On this downward slide. In the 1960s. Postmodernism began to come in to America through the writings of Jean Paul Sartre and Jacques Derrida. The writings of postmodernism began to come into our universities and into our culture, and America began to move postmodern because the revivals. Of the late 80s and 90s and the turn of this millennium have not really impacted the nation. Postmodernism has become the standard of the culture of America. And with postmodernism, because postmodernism is founded upon existentialism and because existentialism is founded upon nihilism. Are you getting getting the idea? Then what has happened is that's become the philosophy of America. Well, but the church can stand against that. But it hasn't. Because we have had no real spiritual awakening and because the church has become lukewarm and because the church itself has begun to embrace the concepts Without revival, without spiritual awakening in every generation, the church builds itself upon the vision and the ideology of the previous generation without having the spiritual impact of that previous generation that gave birth to that movement. And so while the churches still claim the evangelical doctrine, they still claim the Pentecostal doctrine, they still call themselves charismatic, they're saying that in word only. They don't have it in their heart because there's been no spiritual awakening. And so what they begin to do, because they're wanting to continue to grow as a church, and they're seeing that the hair is starting to get gray in the crowd, and they want to reach the next generation, they begin blending. And they blend their philosophy with the philosophy of that generation to try and reach that generation. And so they try to become like them to reach them. But what they do is they are slowly beginning to compromise and soften the gospel. And what has happened now is the majority of our seminaries and our our Christian universities no longer teach the infallibility of God's word. They say the Bible contains God's word and there's no real leading them to a true life-changing transformation. And that's why you have some of the leading pastors of America who are very visible on TV and they get on Larry King Live and they get on Oprah Winfrey. And when they're asked the tough questions, they take a softened stance on the moral issues and they refuse to say that you must have a born again experience to go to heaven. I don't like to mention the names because it starts becoming a personality conflict. But one of those men that you would know immediately if I said his name, I have the actual transcripts when, when he was on Larry King life and Larry King point blank said to him, but you believe Muslims are going to hell, right? Because they haven't been born again. They got to be born again to go to heaven, right? You believe Muslim. Well, Larry, this is an actual quote. Well, Larry, it's just not for me to say actual quote Larry King asked him three times and three times he dodged it would not say it why? why dear ones? because we have in the pulpit men whose lives are not radically transformed by spiritual awakening and who do not have the fire and power of the Holy Spirit that their fathers and their grandfathers had And America is in trouble because the only way you counter what you see up there on the screen is by a spiritual awakening. That's the only way you will not accomplish it in the arena of human reasoning. Oh, we have had great geniuses argue it before the Supreme Court. But why have we lost? Because in the arena of human reasoning, our reasoning does not make sense to the natural mind because it is spirit. But the ultimate happened for us just this last week when on January 20th the New York, state of New York legalized abortion. Listen to a quote. I'm going to read to you from, of all places, a CNN reporter. (gasps) Would you actually read a CNN reporter in the house of God? (laughs) Well, it is the communist news network, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of apologize. No, I don't. Tony Marco, in his article dated January 23rd, 2019 entitled, New York Puts New Measure to Protect Access to Abortion Even if Roe v. Wade is Overturned. He wrote this. Not only will the law preserve access to abortions, it removes abortion from the state's criminal code. This would protect doctors or medical professionals who perform abortions from criminal prosecution. This law also now allows medical professionals who are not doctors to perform abortions in New York. The law also addresses late-term abortions. Under New York's Reproductive Health Act, they can be performed after 24 weeks if the fetus is not viable or when necessary to protect the life of the mother. Caleb Park in Fox News That may make some of you a little more comfortable that I'm quoting now from Fox News. Although, to be truth, they're just kissing cousins. This was also reported on January 23rd by Caleb Park. Quote, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo called it a historic victory for New Yorkers and for our progressive values. On the anniversary of Roe v. Wade in the 1973 Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion in the United States... Under the Reproductive Health Act, that's the New York Reproductive Health Act, under the Reproductive Health Act, non-doctors are now allowed to to conduct abortions and the procedure could be done until the mother's due date. Until the mother's due date. If the woman's health is endangered or if the fetus is not viable The previous law only allowed abortions after 24 weeks of pregnancy if a woman's life was at risk. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? We are talking about the fact that a baby in the womb can be murdered right up until the very day the child would naturally give birth. It's human life, folks. It's human life from conception. This this is this is nihilism at its extreme. It's like we have gone backwards twenty five hundred years and we're back at the time of Israel and we're sacrificing our children on the altars of Moloch. Where have we gone? We are seeing the natural byproduct of when nihilism and existentialism and postmodernism has now become the accepted norm and the church has kept her voice silent. This all falls right at the feet of the church. But I'm telling you, God is doing a new day. We are at a time of a new day. And I've got to wrap this up. I'm out of time. I knew, I knew coming this morning that I had much more of a sermon than I had time. But I want you to know where we're going to go over, over the next few weeks. is we're going to talk about how Hezekiah and Josiah led Israel away from that Neolistic philosophy into an authentic revival that changed the nation. And I want you to know God is doing that same thing today, right now, today. And I want you to see the steps that, that they took are exactly the same steps we've got to take today. And it starts with, we have got to clean the detestable things out of the house of the Lord. We have got to restore the house of the Lord. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has got to be restored to what Jesus meant when he said, upon this rock I'll build my church. We've got to go back to that, folks. We've got to become... A book of Acts kind of a church. That's the church Jesus was building. And that's the same church that was birthed in the Reformation. Same church that was birthed again at the turn of the 20th century with the Pentecostal outpouring. It was the same kind of church that was going on in the beaches of California in the Jesus people movement. It was the same kind of thing that was going on in the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and the charismatic renewal. And folks, if we don't come back to that, America has no hope. The only hope for America is not going to be found on the left side or the the right side of the aisle in Washington DC it's going to be found in the altars of the house of almighty God that's what's going to be found only here only here only here and I'm saying almighty God it's okay if you start it right here at the corner of Diagonal Boulevard and Townsend it's okay amen, amen. stand with me please pray for the second that maybe they can get a little bit more but probably not (sighs) I told the intercessors this morning this sermon is so burdened in my heart This last week, I was grieved by two things. First of all, I was grieved by the number of empty chairs at our dessert social for True Care Pregnancy Center. There are way too many empty chairs. Football playoffs trumped the saving of babies. That's sick. That's sick. The church in America is sick. You realize this next Sunday, there are going to be churches that will cancel their services for the Super Bowl. Won't happen here, bro. you. If I'm the only one here, there's going to be church. But I also know I won't be the only one here. This house is too on fire for Almighty God. Second thing that grieved me was when I saw the report of what Mayor Cuomo did in New York, or Governor Governor Cuomo. Dear ones. We can't expect anything less when the church has gone the direction it's gone. We have the largest churches in the history of America, but they're dead. They're dead. They don't have the Spirit of God. We have substituted entertainment and professionalism and programs and this plastic face, but no Spirit. It's exactly what he said in Isaiah 48, verse 1. I am praying. I'm closing with this: I'm praying that there will come such a hunger for Almighty God in this house that we can't keep you away. Amen And that you will begin crying out to God and home, God, let revival begin in this living room. Let rival let revival begin in this chair where I'm sitting. Bring authentic revival. Bring the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And folks. Let's pray that those people who are lukewarm, the Spirit will draw. They'll get so hungry for God. And those who are so casual in their walk, they're here once a month or once every three or four months, that they they get such a, a thirst and a hunger for Holy Spirit just works in them until they come running. They come running. And we start seeing people running to the altar to give their life to Christ. The hardest sinner starts running to give their life to Jesus. Almighty God, let it begin. Let it start. Holy Spirit, pour it out. In Jesus' name we pray. And we thank you, Almighty God. Oh God, stir it. Stir it, oh God. Stir it, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. May I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Go in Jesus' name. God bless you.